Namaste everyone and welcome to another episode of the Ramanan Saga Ramayan Review from the Hindu Pod. My name is Pradeep and I'm the dad. My name is Vishala and I am the daughter. Hello Vishala, how are we doing today? I'm good, how are you? I am doing excellent. I am very excited about this episode that we're going to be doing today. We get to see the actual marriage ceremony of Sri Ram and Sita Mata. Without any further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Um, why don't you give us the name of this episode? Um, it was season one, episode 10, and the title is called Ram and Sita's Marriage. Right. The IMDb description is Ram and Sita are married in a grand ceremony as the whole of Mithila celebrates. IMDb gives this a rating of 8.8 stars. What do you think about that rating? It's accurate, you think? Yeah. So last week, the IMDb rating was 8.7. So compared to last week, you think this one was pretty close? Mm, yeah. Yeah? I guess. <laughs> okay. I thought it was a lot better, personally. There was a lot more involved in this one, and uh, there was a lot more that you could get from it in terms of meaning. I, I mm-hmm. thought it was pretty nice. The original air date of this episode was April the 5th, 1987. And we shall awake and people find these Ramayana episodes to view. YouTube. Yep, that's where we found them. We are also going to be posting a link onto the show notes. And uh, what are your overall thoughts about this particular episode? Um, There was a lot more like... There, there wasn't as much dialogue as the other episodes. Like in the beginning of the episode, there's some dialogue. Then at the end, there's some dialogue. But in between, it's just like showing the actual ceremony. Like not much um, dialogue. Yeah, there was a lot of the actual ceremony in it. And compared to uh, last week's episode, uh, last week was a lot of talking. So yeah, compared to the two, this one didn't have as much. But still, I thought it was well balanced. That's my uh, overall thought about it. Um, so if you're ready, why don't you go ahead and start with a recap and I'll jump in wherever I can. The episode starts with a messenger from Mithila giving um, Queen KK the news about the princess getting married. And after um, reading the letter, KK gets like super excited about how um, Bharat is, is getting married as well as the other princes. And she runs out of the room, being sought by Mantara, who asks, where is she going? Yeah, we got to see uh, our second view of Mantara in this episode. So KK, KK says, get out of my way, Mantara. <laughs> Which, <laughs> that made me laugh. Like, not in a rude way, but like, it's it still made me laugh. And um and Madra says how she's not even like fully dressed and she can't go out the way she is, and um and like she's growing to be a very important queen, but she's still very immature. Yeah, okay, can you tell her that uh, today I don't have time for dressing up. Just get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> So KK tells Mantra to um, about the princes getting married, and Mantra immediately gets excited to hear the news that Bharat is going to be getting married. Yes, yeah, so the only thing she's hearing is Bharat is getting married. <laughs> she doesn't hear anything about the other three. 
and this kind of gives you a little uh, idea of where mantra's mindset is mantra only cares about kk and she only cares about bharat she doesn't care about anybody else and everything she does she's looking out for kk and bharat so kk runs off to tell kaushali about the news and mantra runs around telling everyone how bharat is going to be getting married KK tells Kashali the news and soon Sumitra walks in asking if it's all true and they all have a lot of questions and they ask they ask like who each prince is getting married to KK responds saying Lakshman is getting married to Janak's younger daughter Urmila and Bharat and Shatugan is getting married to Madhavi and Shrutakirti Shrutakirti yes. The queens like just stare at her in shock and Kashala tells them to stop being so quiet and go alert the kingdom about this amazing news. So Kaushalya being the being the senior queen um takes charge and says okay this is what we have to do and she starts uh, handing out orders and telling everybody okay this is what you have to do. Right? And Kaushala tells them to get a DS prepared and they have to make a formal announcement uh start making sweets to be shared throughout the kingdom and again she talks about the giving of cows as a gift last week we saw that same um giving of cows as gifts when um the wedding preparations were being done and i thought i talk a little bit about that and the importance of cow uh and the importance of cows in sanatan dharma um so the garud puran says that a man having the body of flesh bones and blood who towards the end gives cows to the twice born meaning the brahmins uttering nandanandanam never falls into the vaitarani so the vaitarani is understood to be this river that the soul has to cross when going to the loka of yama to be judged after death now having given the gift of a cow before you die you don't have to do this it's almost guaranteed that you will be able to attain moksha by having given a cow so this is the power of having given a cow in sanatan dharma it's described in the garud puran and other various hindu texts that the vaitarni lies between the earth and the infernal naraka naraka meaning hell which is the realm of yama the guru puran also says whoever has even once worshiped the holy mother cow will be saved after death from the sufferings of hell protecting cows brings the same material benefits as the worship of demigods and demigoddesses so this is how important uh the cow is in our culture i know uh you know the western world gives us a lot of flack about our reverence for the cow but this is why we hold the cow in such high esteem our, our scriptures tells us about the importance of the cow so um the scene shows kk she walks into um mantra preparing different things and um 
in mantra explains how they must invite all the brahmins they must distribute all this wealth and all these cows right. to the so subjects so mantra is actually taking on the role of bharat's mother here <laughs> because KK isn't doing it and she's saying okay these are all the things that you're supposed to do when your son is getting married so she starts taking charge of doing all of this but again she only cares about Bharat she yeah. doesn't care about any of the others uh, KK of course says that well Kaushalya is already taking care of all of this mm-hmm. so yeah like you said she said um, Kaushalya is preparing all of that and Mantra Im- immediately like questions. Yeah, she's she, like she, she was repulsed by she was hearing like, the she was name like, of Kaushalya. She was like Kaushalya, and then and yeah. then um, KK was like yeah, and then and then Mantra was like Queen Kaushalya. <laughs> like, like like is that what, is that what you're trying to say? She's like, why is Kaushalya preparing for Bharat? <laughs> That's not his mother. You're his mother. Why are you not doing it? Um, Mantra says um, how all Kaushalya does is just for Ram, and she's and he she's probably just pretending for Bharat. Yeah, and you could see in KK's face that she was frustrated. She kept like, <laughs> yeah. you could see in her face. She says she tells Mantra, "You have always been too cunning. You know, Kaushalya loves me, meaning me, um, KK. Kaushalya loves me even more than Bharat loves me." Right, but Mantara, she's so persistent that KKE has to be the advocate for Bharata. And she says, Kaushalya may love you, but she is not Bharat's mother. Right? And now Mantara starts to tell KKE, this is what you have to do. And how is it that Mantara has so much sway in the mind of KKE? Why do you think that she's able to? have so, such a influence on KK. I feel like I need to like know more backstory on her. Yeah, to... so just shortly, and I, I, I hope to be able to do an, an episode on KK, but the way our time has been, it's been a little bit difficult. Mantara was the nanny of KK as KK was growing up. So as uh, she's a little girl coming up, she's always had Mantara in her life. So Mantara has become this mother figure for her and KK has trust for Mantara. She understands, like she says, you've always been too cunning, right? So she understands who Mantara is, but she feels in her heart that Mantara has her best interest at heart. So this is why she trusts Mantara and she gives Mantara this uh, this long rope to kind of do whatever it is that she wants to do. Mantara is saying stuff like... Um... Like all, um, everything that Kaushalya is doing is for Ram, but then here she's over here. Everything that she's doing is for Bharat, mm-hmm. and so she's like, kind of like, going against what she's saying. So, like you said just now, um, Mantra explains how Bharat is KK's son. So whatever has to be done for him, she must do. But KK says, to, she responds saying, "Well, Kaushalya loves her more than Bharat." And Mantra says this is true, but she still wants to do what she can for Bharat. So KK finally agrees, and Mantra says to inform her father, and soon the whole kingdom will be lit with lamps, and they'll all be informed of this news. KK is hearing it as, um, you know, go and and let let your father know. Your father is going to be so happy that Bharat is getting married 
that he's going to send your brother and we're all going to be so, you know, going to be able to rejoice. So this is the way that Keke is, is hearing it. But Mantara seems to have some uh, extra motive behind asking Keke to do all of this. Because she's saying, Bharata is not like other princes. His mother's maternal home is unmatched. Send word as soon as her father hears, he will send her brother. That's what he's telling KK. As soon as your father hears, he's going to send your brother. KK now is also starting to see things in Mantara's way, but in the sense of wanting to have one's family join in your joy. So whatever it is that Mantara is planning in the background, we're not sure of as yet, but she has something, you know, that she's cooking up in the background. You can tell because she makes this face. It's like, <laughs> my plan is working. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I get, like I said, Mantara is one of my favorite characters. And I know all that she does, but it's a role that she's playing. And um, she does it very well. So it cuts to Poojam being performed. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it cuts to the Pooja being performed. And then it just switches to um, the princesses being prepared for the wedding. Right. So uh, again, before we do anything, we do, we start with prayers. We start with Pooja. So that's what we were seeing. Pooja is being performed in Mithila. And then we see Sita is being dressed. Um, they put on all the jewelry and everything. And she's being prepared for the wedding. So as they're getting ready, um, someone comes in, one of the girls come in saying how the grooms have arrived and all the girls, they go they and run out. Veil. Yeah, it's like, let's go see, let's go see the grooms. Yeah, and the, the four brides are sitting there like, wait a minute. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> so the scene cuts to the princes um, entering with the wedding party and they're all dressed up in their fancy wedding clothes and the women come out with trays and all sorts of puja stuff and they start arching them and throwing flowers and they make their way over to the altar where um king janak performs puja for um and they make their way to their seats yeah so this re- reminds me of actually my own wedding um and it's striking the similarities of both of them. So we see the shanks were being blown uh, to welcome the Bharat as the Bharat comes and the queen is ready to receive the wedding party. Um, we see the four princes, we see the dad, we see the pundits, the gurus, the rest of the Bharat, everybody is taking um, part in this procession going to the palace. And then uh, before they even enter, now the queen goes to them and you see she's staring at Ram as though she's lost. Um, she's taken up in this trance uh, of Sri Ram. And the, I don't know who the other lady was that was inside of her. I had to kind of shake her out of it. We even see we got a rare smile from Lakshmana. As Lakshmana is oh, yeah. And, um, and he sees what's happening. So she performs arti. She throws the rice and she throws the flowers and everything. And this actually, when I had come uh you know to your mom's house this is the way that they did it they did the arti they did the rice they did the flowers and everything and you know rice we find rice even in western culture is used for the wedding and the rice signifies prosperity it's like it signifies fertility and auspiciousness 
Flowers are also used and it's used for its beauty, its fragrance, which also signifies health and wealth and prosperity. In Bhagavad Gita, Sri Krishna speaks of he will accept even a single flower in, in worship with love and devotion. So flowers itself has a, a high place in our culture. So they welcome the four princes and they are led to the altar and led by them is the gurus. So we see the gurus first and then the princes. Um, Raja Janak receives them first, the gurus, then Raja Dashrat, and then the princes, starting with Rama. Once again, he offers rice to Sri Ram's feet and he's saying it's an act of humility. And if you read the, the um, translation of the song, it's saying that we are poor and we offer this to you, this trivial gift as a show of humility. And then once this is done, everybody, everyone is seated. After they take their seats, Vishishtha asks Shritanan to um, send Sita to the altar. And she makes her way to the altar with the, all the other princesses and her friends and everyone. And it shows Lord Shiva. And I think this was Brahma coming down to um, the wedding in a human form. Yeah, I believe it's Brahma too. They didn't actually say who it was. But the reason I'm thinking that it is Brahma um, is because after Lord Shiva and him come on earth, we also find Parvati Mata and Saraswati Mata take Avatar as well. And of course, Parvati Mata is the consort of Lord Shiva and Saraswati Mata is the consort of Lord Brahma. So that's why I'm thinking that is Lord Brahma that we saw. They, I love the, the respect that they showed to Lord Rama when they came. You see, they looked at him and they bowed and then Sri Ram looks at them and he bows to them in return as well. So um, King Janak washes um, Ram's feet and they're singing in the background. They're throwing flowers and they're, just, they're having a whole party. So what was that thing that they were holding in their hands and they were yeah, pouring the, the water? Uh, well, they just looked like dirt with... with um with grass on top of it, it looked like. So when we're doing ours as well in, in uh, the Caribbean, um, we do something similar and it's actually flour, like flour that you cook, uh, knead it into dough and you put uh, this grass on top of it. And then the bride, so the groom would hold it in his hand and the bride's brother would come with a lot of water and he would start pouring from the top and it has to be in a constant flow coming all the way down and as he's pouring this water the pundit continues to say these mantras that will be blessing the couple um, during the, the puja now I don't know for sure what the significance of it is I just know that it's something that is done and we see it there and again this has been passed down through the generations all these apparently hundreds of thousands of years <laughs> and we are still doing it today in our culture Okay, because what I saw was Sita. I think Sita was holding it, and then they put like um, Ram's hand underneath underneath her hand, and then um, I don't I don't remember who came and started pouring the water, and then mm -hmm. um, Janak was saying the mantras and stuff. Yeah, I, I didn't pay close enough attention, I think, but it's close. I mean, it's similar to what we do today. So, like I said, King Janak says those um, Sanskrit chants that have 
I don't know what the translation to is. Mm-hmm. And they tie the knot with their clothes. They like literally tie the knot. They tie yeah. a knot with their clothes. <laughs> and they put garlands around each other's necks. Right. So uh, before I put the garland, so you see Janaka is washing Rama's feet. And then the wedding ceremony, the ceremony itself actually begins after that. They, they literally treat the son-in-law as though he was a devata. Right. They treat him with very high respect. And this is a part of them showing that, you know, we're giving you all of this respect. And in return, all we ask is you do the same for our child. Yeah, so they have the ceremony. They, again, they literally tie the knot. They place the garlands on each other's neck. And you see them walking around the fire. Yeah. Right? And walking around the fire signifies that in the eyes of all of these witnesses, everybody that you've invited to the puja, to the uh, wedding ceremony, and in the eyes of this fire, this holy agni that uh, we have ignited here, we are sealing this bond. And walking around the fire is what that represents. We get to see Sri Ram as he places the sindur on Sita Mata's head. That is still something that we do today. And uh, this is something when uh, we had our our wedding, I messed up on. The <laughs> pundit says, you take the sindur and seven times from the forehead to the middle of the, the hair, the middle of the hairline, you're supposed to put it. So I started counting one dot, two dot, three dots, four dots. So your mom had like, seven dots coming straight up her forehead <laughs> and starting from the middle and it looked so silly um but thankfully the uh they had her aunt come and fix it <laughs> so it didn't look as bad <laughs> but uh yeah it's something again for all these hundreds of thousands of years uh it's been done and it's still being done today and once that's done we see um they are married afterwards the other three princes and uh, princesses come and we see they, they get to do the same mm-hmm. ceremony. King Janak tells Dashrat um, like how happy he is to be related to him and that he is his servant. And please forgive him for all his mistakes. And Dashrat responds saying like... What well, you- I, so what we're seeing here and... There's a lot of conversation that's happening here, but it is all very um, meaningful conversation. And I, I want to make sure that we get it right. So, Janaka goes to Dashrat and he tells him that being related by marriage is such a great experience for him. And that from this day forward, he, he says, Dashrat, I want you to consider me to be your servant. And... These princesses that are here, they are also going to be your your servants. And please forgive their mistakes. And what we're hearing here is a father that's begging forgiveness for his children as they are ready to leave to go to the in-law's house. It's like, I've tried to teach my daughter to the best of my ability, but if she comes to your house, and she acts in a way that you are displeased with, please, it's my fault. You know, please have mercy on her. And then Dashrat says, but what are you saying? He says that I, meaning me, Dashrat, I am a beggar. And I have come to you and you have given me these four precious gifts. 
they are a light and would light up the palace of Ayodhya many times. Today your gifts has made up for all that my house is lacking. Your love and generosity has made the Ragu clan indebted to you. And you see the two of them, they, they hug it out. So we see the four brothers and the wives. They First of all, they go to the altar for blessings. And then they take the blessings of Janaka and the Guru. And then we see the queen. And she's sitting and she's really sad and she's having this conversation. And at first we don't see who she's having the conversation with. But she's saying that, um, you know, we were so eager to get our daughter married. But after the wedding... We're feeling like someone robbed us and took everything that we had. And then we see that who she's speaking to is Arundhati, who is the wife of Guru Vashishta. And then she tells her that a mother's heart is truly ironic. The one who is taking everything from her is the one whom she must bless. So she's talking about Sri Ram here. The, the son-in-laws come and they take everything that she has and still she is required to bless them. This time between the wedding and the farewell is like a piercing arrow. As the moment of departure draws near, it is piercing the very core of me. It feels as if I will die before the palakin leaves. So these are the emotions that a mother has, that a parent has, upon the departure of their daughter, when the daughter is ready to leave the house. Arundhati says, No, that will not happen. Your heart will be grief-stricken for sure. But you will still send your daughter away. You will do it. And that is the way of the world. The queen says, But what a way the world has. Parents look after a girl for so many years and raise her to be so big. And then one day, they have to send her to another family. My heart is so apprehensive. How will this other family treat my daughter? Who will look after her? If she's sad, who will look after her feelings? Now, this is the thing that parents have to consider. Parents have to think about all the time is like, once my my child is in my house, I can do whatever needs to be done for them. But as soon as they leave, how do I know for sure that they're being taken care of? And every parent has to go through this. Arundhati says, When you are sad today, who do you speak to? Your husband, right? But the day you were married, your mother thought the very same thing. You see? Today you are so proud of your family and your husband. Give this very same blessing to your daughter as well, so that they can be happy with their husbands. So she's trying to make her rem remember the way it was when she got married. And then it cuts to Janaka, and he's having the very same problem. But he is speaking with Raja Dashrat. So... It shows um, Janak telling Dashrat how he can't send Sita away. Mm -hmm. His love for her is uncontrollable. 
and he asks if they could stay in Mintula for at least a few more days, he would truly be blessed. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to see that request. And I was even more surprised to see Jenok's response. So Dashrut promises that he will leave the day that Jenok requests and that's where the episode ends. I'm not sure if I left anything out of that conversation. Yeah, yeah. He, um, Janaka, I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, I, I kind of, I guess I put in myself in that situation. I'm thinking how I would deal with that. And he says, I can't send my daughter away so soon. My love for her has taken over my control and my knowledge and all that I am. And he says, help me, O King of Ayodhya. If you can stay in Mithila for some more days, I would be truly blessed. And Dashrat says, is that all? Right? He's like, is that that's all mm-hmm. you want? He says, O King of Mithila, I will leave on the day that you personally tell me that we may leave. And I promise you, my friend. And there again, they help. I, okay, this is going to sound like really weird, but like whenever someone, like whenever you tell someone something and then they respond to you in like such a nice way that you did not expect that they would respond to you in that way, it like hits you like really like hard. Yeah, well, this is one of the the times we get to see the wisdom of Dashrat, right? So can you imagine how much it would take from Janak to make this request? Right? This this is not an easy thing for him to ask. It's totally out of the ordinary for him to come and make this request of Raja Dashrat. And Raja Dashrat, he understands this. Right? He understands that this is not easy. And he makes it very easy. He makes it very, very easy for Janaka. And he says, of course, whatever you need, I will do. And I'll tell you what, I will not leave until you tell me it's okay to leave, until you're comfortable with the situation then I will leave. And I thought that this was such a nice thing to see um, Raja Dashrat agree to and for them to do. And that brings us to the end of the episode, right? Yeah. So is there anything that in particular that stood out for you? Um. So everyone on Ram's side of the family is like super happy and excited that they're getting new members of the family but then everyone on Sita's side is mm-hmm. much more sadder because she has to go. Yeah, it's, it really is a very sad thing for the family of the bride. Um, because in the end, they're the ones that ends up, you know, without this member of their family. I mean, she's still there, but she doesn't live with them anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, it's like the queens are saying, like, I've raised my daughter and I know how we deal with things i know when she's sad how to make her feel better when she's in pain how to make her feel better and she's going to go to somebody else's house how do i know that they're going to take care of her as well as i i'm going to take care of her you know but in truth what you're finding is that the bride and the groom are coming together and they are going to be starting their own lives together and they're going to figure it out between the two of them together because of the lessons that they learned when they were living with their parents and because of life experiences they're going to have when they get married, they're going to figure it out. They're going to learn and they're going to come up with their own ways of dealing with things. They're going to come up with their own ways of, of learning about things. And as parents, we just have to 
we're just going to have to trust that we've trained our children, we've taught our children well enough that when they're on their own, they can they can handle it. What stood out for me was the the emotions that were expressed by the parents throughout all of this. Um, as a parent myself, uh, I found myself frequently putting myself in those parents' shoes and um, I guess kind of imagining if that were me, how I would deal with it. Um, it was it was kind of tough. It was kind of tough watching it. And um, not that it was bad tough. I thought it was very good. But it was tough in terms of, um, you know, thinking about myself having to go through that. And uh, it was nice seeing the way that they dealt with it. What in particular is there anything that, that you liked? about the episode <laughs> okay this one's a little silly but um throughout the entire thing Ram is just sitting there quietly like waiting for you know, I don't think he said one word he didn't the- <laughs> he, he didn't, <laughs> he didn't. That's, that's something that I noticed but he um he sat there quietly the entire time just like staring off into the distance just like waiting for yeah. order for new orders for someone to tell him what to do mm-hmm. and that's something that I, I like about him he like always waits he doesn't like do whatever he wants he waits for permission to do things and that's very true you know one of the things um it also struck me during this is like when we do puja and when we uh like when i got married and all that i didn't know what i was supposed to be doing (laughs) you really depend on other people to tell you what to do and then seeing this entire ceremony and everybody just kind of waiting to be told what to do kind of thing i was like well okay i'm not as stupid as i thought i was <laughs> you know this is apparently a thing <laughs> yeah for me i i liked uh seeing lord shiva and lord brahma sitting there um, and they're watching and they're like no we can't take this anymore and they just leave and they take avatar on earth and they go and they have to witness this themselves it's it's always such a, a nice feeling to see lord shiva wanting to be with lord vishnu and finding a way to make that happen um i i really love that was there anything in particular that you disliked about it to be honest, there wasn't anything that I could really find that I disliked about it. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I, I liked it. I thought it was a very good episode. Um, I have absolutely no problem at all with this episode. And with that, we come to the end. Um, this has been a presentation of the Hindu Pod. Please remember to like, share, follow, and rate this episode. Since it helps to bump us up in the feeds, and that is what helps others to find the podcast. Please send comments to the hindupod at gmail.com. That's the hindupod at gmail.com. You can text us at 281-804-9616. Or you can just search Facebook for the Hindu Pod to become a part of the pod. If you live in the Houston area, you can find us on most Sundays at the Sanatan Dharam Mandir for Sunday morning satsangs. It is located at 12918. Player Street in Houston, Texas, 77045, and is open on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are sponsored by HinduHandcrafts.com. Please visit HinduHandcrafts.com for Hindu religious-based items, such as framed pictures, wall plaques, tapestries, t-shirts, clocks, and so on. They are perfect for puja use, home decor, or gifts. 
Until next time, 继续让。